0: Hi guys, you're listening to irrepressible the podcast. I'm your host Erica Ashley. I'm an entrepreneur, a content creator, and I have a background in styling where I've worked alongside some of the biggest names in Hollywood like Ariana Grande and Melissa McCarthy. You're in the right place if you're looking for a realistic approach to life because we're about to have some eye-opening conversations on how to do so. So let's jump into today's conversation. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Irrepressible. For anyone new here, my name is Erica Ashley, and I'm so happy to have you. I have been running around like a chicken without a head cut off. Is that the saying? Been running around without a like a chicken without its head cut off? Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I have been literally running around like a crazy person because. I'm leaving town on Thursday, and I don't know if you can relate, but anytime I leave town, I have to have everything 100% organized, and that means podcast episodes, content, emails, laundry, errands, like you name it, and I'm running all over the place, just completely scattered. So it's just been honestly chaotic. I'm Recording this in my bedroom at the moment, and there's literally piles of stuff everywhere. And if you know me, you know how much I hate clutter and can't stand it. And that's just where I'm at this week. As much as I can't stand it, sometimes that's just the reality. And I'm living with it, working through it, and it's just, it is what it is this week. But I'm going to Chicago on Thursday, and I'm excited. And speaking of Chicago, Today's guest, Victoria Glass, is from Chicago. She lives there now. And if you are on TikTok, I am almost 100% certain you have probably seen one of her morning routine videos. She has the most aesthetic morning routine I think I've ever seen in my life. And just watching it is so calming. And after talking with her, I'm like, oh yes, this is a very calm part of your day, and it translates 100% on camera. So of course, we dove into her morning routine in this episode, but we also talked a lot about mental health and wellness. She is very, very open about her struggles with her physical health and mental health, and we really get into it in this episode, and I give her a lot of credit because those things aren't easy to just come out on the internet. And start talking about. And she has really leaned into it and really cultivated a loyal community of women who can relate and who have gone through these things. And so I just, my hat's off to her for doing that. And you'll hear us talk about, you know, the pros and cons of putting your life out there on social media and how to be kinder to yourself, how to handle comparison. We really go there, and she's really honest about. What her journey has looked like so with that let's get in to this episode. I think you'll love her she's so relatable honest and Just the best so here's victoria You're really open with your wellness journey online What has that journey been like for you and what made you want to share it?
1: Yeah, I I feel like I sometimes overshare, but <laughs> but my wellness journey started about seven years ago when I was a senior in high school. I was diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease, which was alopecia. Alopecia is essentially just like hair loss on your head and they don't really know the cause of it, but they think it's due to stress and just like overall inflammation in your body. And ultimately that's what kind of like, sparked my wellness journey into like holistic healing and i really started like educating myself on kind of like all these topics from food to lifestyle to meditation to just different wellness practices and the reason why i feel like i want to share it is because i think so many people struggle and no one really talks about it and yes like physical health isn't as taboo as mental health but I personally believe like it's all connected. I think how you feel mentally impacts how you feel physically and vice versa. And um, yeah, I guess I just really wanted to share about it and open up the conversation. I think it's so important to prioritize like your health and your mental health and physical health. And so I wanted to just like share about it because I'm really passionate about it. So I don't know if that answers everything, but that's what ultimately started my journey.
0: Yeah. What was the actual, I guess, like wellness part like for you? I know a lot of people when they're like something's off, something's wrong, if they want to go the holistic route or even not, they, they struggle with finding the right doctor or somebody who diagnoses them correctly. Like, Was that a struggle for you or did it all kind of fall in place for you?
1: No, I wish. It was definitely a struggle. Um, I would say, so I guess to back up, basically, like my autoimmune stuff started my senior year of high school, and then they slowly kind of progressed throughout college. I was seeing different doctors um that were honestly just medicating me. And that's when I like got more and more frustrated because I'm like, okay, you're just I felt like I was given a band-aid over and over again and no one was really looking at my body as a whole and getting to the root cause of it. And because of that, I really started just taking things into my own hand and educating myself. This was all prior to finding the doctors and team that I have today that believe in like the whole meant like the whole holistic practice of it all. But I just started at like learning, listening to podcasts about people. And they really, really emphasize the importance of stress and how much that impacts your body and how much like mental stress impacts your digestion and your gut and overall levels of inflammation. And a lot of people believe that inflammation and gut issues are kind of the root cause of all disease. So so basically, that made me start experimenting in kind of like wellness practices and just slowing down. Um, but it really, really wasn't until COVID happened and quarantine happened that I noticed the biggest difference. When I slowed down my body, like completely changed my autoimmune stuff, almost all went into remission. I feel like I like shrunk like 10 sizes just because I was so in the mindset of go, go, go. And always stressed out. I, I, Part of me, like, I'm kind of the type of person that thrives off of stress. Like, I love being busy. I love the go, 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 but it was literally killing me from the inside out. And my body was like screaming at me to slow down. So, once I finally, like, I feel like for a long time I was doing all the things that my doctors told me, taking all the medication, but I wasn't getting better. And it wasn't until I finally incorporated the wellness part into my routine and into my life and completely like did a 180 of my lifestyle. And that's when I really started healing and started feeling better physically, but also mentally. And so, yeah, it all just kind of like tied together once I started incorporating that.
0: Were you able to identify, I guess, your stress triggers or like the things you were doing that were causing you so much stress? Yeah. I mean, I
1: think a lot of it, part of it was my lifestyle. I mean, I, Pre-COVID, I had a two-hour commute to work each way, and I was just like, I feel like I was kind of a robot, honestly. Like, I would wake up. I'd wake up at, like, 4 a.m., which is, like, actually nuts. I don't know. I think about it now, and I'm like, oh, my God, I was an animal. (laughs) I would wake up. I would go to the gym, and then I had to commute, and I tried to beat the the rush hour traffic. So I leave really early get to work and I'd work and I'd stay late at work until the commute until like traffic was then died down. So then I would get home at like seven 30, eat dinner, go to bed, wake up. So it was like, it was such a bad cycle. And, um, I was really, really struggling at the time with my body and just like loving myself. And I was really focused on how I looked and just like bad. I just had bad body image. And I think that was causing a lot of stress on me mentally. Um, At the same time, I was still, still really struggling with all my autoimmune diseases. And that was also complicated because I was trying to heal myself through diet. And that was like, that's like a whole nother discussion, I guess, between like, trying to heal yourself through diet while also trying to have like, a healthy relationship with food. So was kind of like battling all these different things while also having a really just kind of crazy, busy lifestyle um, and also just trying to be a 20-year-old and have fun and balance and have friends and go out and
0: do all the, all the things. Would you mind, if you feel comfortable, touching yeah. on the relationship with food? Because I think a lot of people struggle sure. with
1: that. 1,000%. So going into like food and my relationship with it – It was very difficult for me because in my, I mean, I feel like most women struggle with their relationship with food or at least think about their relationship with food and their body and the correlation between the two. It was challenging for me, especially because I was struggling obviously with all my autoimmune issues. And there are so many diets out there for autoimmune and for just like people in general. I mean, there's like, Everyone knows, like, paleo, F-factor, Whole30. I was doing, like, Plant Paradox. Like, I literally tried every single thing, and I got to a point where I made an Excel spreadsheet. And I wrote down, okay, I literally had one column of food, and then the other way was, like, all the different names of the diet. So, like, Plant Paradox. What else did I write? Like, like F-factor, paleo, autoimmune paleo. And I wrote, like, yes, no for each – food item. And it literally left me with bok choy. Like for some reason, (laughs) bok choy is the only food that's safe on all these different things. But I got to a point where I was like, what in the world? Like, what what am I supposed to be eating if I'm trying to heal my body? And this was all like right around, right before COVID too, I just kind of got to a breaking point. And I was like, also like totally thinking about my body as well. Like I wanted to be thin. I wanted to like look a certain way. And so I was really wrapped up in all of that. So I was like trying to heal myself, but also trying to be skinny and like just totally in a bad, had a really unhealthy relationship with food. Um, And to be honest, I wish, because I know this isn't how a lot of people are, but I'm very black and white with a lot of things. And I just kind of like flipped a switch and I was like, screw this. I'm not going to listen to any diet. I'm going to listen to myself. I'm going to try to like, I don't know. I just, I was like, I'm a human being. Like my body will tell me what it needs. And I read this book called intuitive eating, which is an incredible book. It's been around for decades now, but I just really, really wanted to get back into listening to what my body felt and what it wanted. So I literally like let go of all the rules, kind of like hard to say, because I, I am allergic to gluten and dairy. So I still like didn't have those things, but I got rid of all the rules, COVID hit. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to use this time because I'm home while I'm working and I'm going to make really yummy food meals that are still healthy and like still like gluten-free and dairy-free because I have to have that for my autoimmune stuff, but like not following all the strict rules of like, I can't have these and I can't have that. I can't have this vegetable. I can't have this protein And so I really just like listened to what I wanted to eat, what my body was craving. If I was craving carbs, I had carbs. If I wanted pancakes, I would have like, I would make my own pancakes. I made everything from scratch and I really fell in love with food. And over time, I really feel like I healed my relationship with food that way. I have an extremely healthy relationship with food now, but also like I totally improved my body image and worked through all that as well. I just kind of like let go of like, I remember I asked myself, I actually journaled about it and I was like, what would it feel like if I literally get like, didn't give a shit anymore? Like, what would it feel like if I just didn't care how my body looked? like, how freaking freeing would that be like to just live and not really care anymore? And I try, like, I literally would, then I remind myself of that every single day. Like, why do I care so much? Like, that's not what's going to matter at the end of the day. All that really matters is that my body is healthy. And once I started to actually, I started feeling so much better and I started looking better too. And I really think it was just a a funny realization to me. I'm like, I was stressed out so much about how my body looks that the stress was literally like causing me to be inflamed, which then like caused me to be bloated all the time and and all the things. Um, so it was just ironic because it was like when I actually stopped giving a shit about how I looked, like I looked better. But I also like mentally felt better, which is like the most important thing.
0: It can be such a vicious cycle. I am very similar to you and like I'm all in or all out. Yeah. And I was the same way with I went vegan. And I was like, yeah. you know, it's so hard. You go out to fr- dinner with friends. It's a birthday and there's nothing you can eat. So you eat French fries or like whatever, you know. And then I got to this a similar point where I was like, this is not working. We need to change this. Um, and it's just like it's it's your mind. It just goes and goes and goes.
1: It's so hard. And I think so many people struggle with – trying to be healthy and maintain a healthy lifestyle while also just like having a healthy relationship with food. I think it's super easy to get to build like an unhealthy relationship with food when you're trying to be healthy. Um, So that's why I really always emphasize to people. I'm like the only way in my opinion to maintain a healthy lifestyle is to like modify your favorite meals. So like if you love pasta, but you want to cut back on gluten, like find other alternatives but still have the pasta like don't cut it out like if you want pancakes like make paleo pancakes like there's so many recipes and i tell people pinterest will be your best friend. like i'm obsessed with pinterest i think i use it like all day every day and i look at just different recipes and that's like really helped me in the beginning because i am always have to have a sweet tooth like or i always have a sweet tooth so i always want to have a dessert so i started like baking and making cupcakes and cookies and always having something. So I didn't feel like restricted at all. And then that overall helped me like maintain my lifestyle. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. How's your relationship with like physically cooking? Do you enjoy cooking or was that a struggle?
1: No, I love to cook. It's like very therapeutic to me, but I know this is not the case for everyone. Um, For like, I have friends who hate to cook and I just like recommend meal prepping just so you don't have to do it every day, all day. But then some people are like, oh, I get so tired of eating the same thing all the time. So I don't know. You have to figure out what works for you. But I personally love to cook if I have the time to.
0: Yesterday, you posted a TikTok. Yes. And you said, the thing that has made the biggest difference in my health and wellness is how I speak to myself. Yes. Can you expand on that?
1: 100%. I think again, I mean, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about stress and like how much it impacts your body. And also like my relationship with food, I think it all kind of tied in together. Um, But pre healing and everything, I had really, really bad self-talk. I think everyone, at least struggles with it or goes through phases with it and it was just causing me so much stress i i put a lot of pressure on myself and i really want to be successful and i want to be a certain person i have a certain image in my in my head of who i want to be and i'm also struggle with perfectionism and i think i really had a hard time with just like showing myself kindness and showing myself grace and i had to be like I said before, I was so black and white, I had to be all in on everything. And it caused so much stress that it was literally killing me and causing a lot of my autoimmune issues because mental, basically like they've proven now that physical or mental stress causes physical stress on your body because it stresses out your gut. And when your gut is stressed out, you're your hormones aren't like functioning properly, your digestion isn't working properly. Like all these different systems in your body get out of whack, which then can lead to a lot of health issues. So overall, just learning to speak to myself kindly and to show myself grace and patience, like – even day to day like if i don't accomplish everything on my to do list i used to beat myself up about that so much if i looked in the mirror and didn't like how i looked i would beat myself up about it so much if i you know felt like i acted awkward or like did something weird socially i would beat myself up so much so i feel like i was just constantly being so mean to myself whereas if i was talking to a friend or a family member i would not speak to them that way at all so I really really tried and I feel like it's so much easier said than done it's a huge practice that I still practice to this day but I really try to focus on how I speak to myself and just like being kinder in myself and giving myself a pep talk as I would a family member or friend in like certain situations like I just mentioned another tool that's really helped me is overall with self-talk, and I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with anxiety is I struggle a lot with like jumping to worst case scenario. So I'll be stressed out about something and I'll just automatically assume the worst. I'll tell myself this story in my head about how someone might react to something or, you know, you get the point, worst case scenario. And so a practice that my stepmom actually told me, And I don't know if there's a name for this, but I just call it the rule of three is for every like negative situation that I come up with in my head and I find myself dwelling on, I will force myself to tell myself three other possible outcomes that are all positive. So if I'm jumping to worst case scenario, I'll go like 180 and I'll say, okay, well, actually maybe this will happen, this will happen, or this will happen. And that is just a practice that I've learned that's really helped me just get more and it just kind of brings me back to reality and regrounds me. Um, so again, I think overall, just like the way that I'm thinking and reframing my thoughts and being kinder to myself has had such a overall impact on my physical health and my mental health. And just honestly, like my quality of life, like I'm so much happier just because I'm not in a negative state of mind all the time.
0: Yeah. That makes so much sense. I think we, tend to get in a loop about how, like, everybody else is better than us.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just sure. not true.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially I feel like with social media these days, it's so easy to compare and so easy to get in those loops that are so toxic to, to our health.
0: Yeah. Do you have any tools for when you deal with perfectionism? Um.
1: Yes and no. Like, I'm definitely working on it. I feel like I don't have, like, specific tools. um, But I guess there are a lot of practices that I do every day that overall help with them. So I really practice gratitude for what I have now. And, like, I really try to bring back, like, to what – I guess shape my mindset into what's really important and put myself into a different perspective. And I have found when I really am struggling with – perfectionism or body image or anything like that, or comparison, I really try to focus on doing affirmations and something, one affirmation that I repeat to myself a lot is I'm imperfect and still worthy. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's really important to remind yourselves that you don't have to be perfect to be worthy of happiness or whatever you're going after in life.
0: Let's talk about your journey into influencing. Yes. What has that been like for you?
1: It's been a wild ride that I'm still like, I feel like I have no idea what the heck I'm doing, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) it's been really fun and exciting. Um, Honestly, it's something that I have wanted to do since I was like in high school, not necessarily like influencing. I never really thought of it that way, but I've always been like an oversharer and wanted to share, have always wanted to share, but was always so, so scared of what everyone thought about me. How, like most people are. I remember like sitting in my mom's bed and being like, I want to like start this, like I want to start a blog. And we were talking, I was like, i want to like share quotes. And like, I don't even know what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> so yeah, but um, I've always been super inspired by words and images and, I love, like, Tumblr was, like, my favorite thing in the world when I was younger, and Pinterest. Um, So I always wanted to do it, but never, like, was just too scared to do it. And then, again, like, COVID, all these things happened to me in COVID. But I was working in the corporate world, and I loved my job, but I just was super – but like it wasn't anything creative and I really needed a creative outlet. And I had all this time in my hands now that I was working from home and I wasn't commuting two hours (laughs) away. (laughs) Um, So I decided to just go for it. And again, like I flipped a switch in my head of just being like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. And I never looked back and I, yeah, so I started my Instagram page in like April of 2020 and then I started a TikTok in October of 2020 and have just gone, like, gone from there. I feel like my TikTok is kind of my main social media platform and what I, I think, I mean, I enjoy doing the most. Um, but yeah, I really just try, I'm still figuring out, like, what I'm even doing, but I try my hardest to just, like, share a little bit about my wellness, my perspective and opinions on things, I guess.
0: Did you have a goal with what you were putting out online or you were just like, I need to be creative.
1: No, I honestly like didn't really know what, like when I first, so what it's funny when I first started my Instagram, I had the intention of posting like all about my health and wellness journey. And now I feel like my Instagram is not about my health and wellness journey. It's really about like my clothes and like, I don't know, home and stuff like that. Um, and then my TikTok I created with this like idea of doing strictly fashion. And now my TikTok is all like lifestyle and wellness. So my goal for 2022 actually was to blend the two of them to make them both kind of like the same and just like overall lifestyle content. And I want to share more, I want to share like more tips and tricks and recipes and all the fun things that I like initially thought I would be sharing and like I'm trying to get back to it all. So. So like, yes and no. I That's, again, why sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? I'm still trying to figure it all out. But it's a journey. But, it, is. <laughs> it is. I'm trying to give the people what they want.
0: <laughs> How would you describe your style?
1: Honestly, like, I don't even know anymore. When I'm <laughs> so funny, when I, I always like to tell this story, but I'm like such an aesthetics person. And when I was like younger, I literally went through every single style phase. Like, when I was in seventh grade, I was skater all the way. I wore like skinny jeans and vans to school every day. And then eighth grade, I went like so boho. I wore only free people. Like I like refused to wear anything that wasn't bohemian looking. And then I went full preppy, and I was like only J Crew, only Ralph Lauren. <laughs> like my mom was like, "What is going on?" And my mom, my it's funny because my mom's really into fashion. She was a buyer for Marshall Fields when she was younger. And she really – she has, like, the coolest pieces out of anyone that I know. And she's just, like, very minimalistic chic. And she would always be like, one day you're going to just go with the trends and just, like, be normal. And I was like, no. Um, But that's, like, how my mind works. Like, I'm so black and white. I'm so, like, all one style or all the other. And now I feel like I'm finally – going to like what my mom is. I just feel like I'm like, I don't know. I like have, I do trends sometimes, but I feel like overall I'm pretty just like classic, look like neutrals, minimal style, nothing like crazy. I don't wear a lot of prints or anything too super funky. I'm more, I would say just like minimal.
0: If somebody feels like they're trying to figure out their style and going through all those phases too, what would you, like what advice would you give them in finding it?
1: Um, I would say don't invest too much in trendy pieces,
0: like
1: less in, in classic ones. I would say, I don't know. I think it's, I feel like I go back and forth between like finding, find inspiration on social media and stuff, but don't cut co- like, don't copy it and don't like do things that don't really feel good to you just because they're like trendy or cool um and but i think like go on social media and find things that like make you feel find things that you like like if you're like oh wow that's such a cool shirt and now on social media you see so many different types of styles and it's easy to feel like stressed or like torn between all these different things like i think i think you can have a million different styles and that be your style like sense of style like you can yeah. wear like 90s grunge or Y2K, and like one day you can like change it up. You don't have to be all in or all out. Like I said, I have like such a black and white mindset that I'm definitely not like that, but I'm I just think like you can be everything at once if you want to be, and just like finding inspiration of like what makes you happy and what makes you feel your best. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah, no, it
0: totally did. It's so like individual for everyone. You kind of answered this earlier, but I guess like. With content creation, because it's—I mean, it's a full-time job. Yeah. How are you like managing that?
1: Um, sh- struggling, but <laughs> no. I actually started doing content creation full-time in August of 2021, so about like six months ago now, which is crazy to think about. Um, I do have a client that I run their social media for, and. Then I do a lot of freelance social media. So I like create content for other brands to post strictly on their pages. And then I partner with brands to post content on my pages. Um, so it's definitely been a lot. And I, I'm i very, as you can imagine, type A. And so it's funny. I was I Zoomed with my old boss. We were just catching up and having lunch the other week. And I was just saying how... I miss like having a set to do list, having someone tell me what to do. And now that I'm like my own boss, I feel like not only do I have to come up with what to do, obviously, but I also like, there's always something more I could be doing. So like at five o'clock, I'm like, all right, I already have my stuff that I have to do tomorrow. And like, there's always more things that I could be doing. So it's been like an interesting transition going from the corporate world to freelancing. Um, but, in terms of just like content creating, I would say like my planner is my best friend, and just being on top of everything, I keep like lists of ideas that I have and things that I want to do in the future um, and in terms of like productivity, I like follow like the Ivy Lee method pretty much, and I just write down like my top priorities and I try to get to everything and whatever i don't accomplish I get to i push the next day and going back to what I was saying earlier, like this has all shown me the importance of being kind to myself and showing myself grace. And like, if I don't get everything done, it's not the end of the world. Like I'm not, I'm also like, I remind myself all the time. I'm like, I'm not, you know, a brain surgeon. I'm just a girl on social media <laughs> and it's not the end of the world. If things aren't perfect too. So I'm still definitely trying to find the ba- a balance with it all, but I would say just trying to be as organized as possible
0: has helped me. If somebody's listening and they're like, I have wanted to start using social media for a long time, but maybe they're scared or they don't know what to post or they're worried what other people think about them. What advice would you give them?
1: I would say one, it's not too late. I was like always hesitant because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like the time has passed. Like it's, you know, like I should have done it like five years ago or I should have hopped on TikTok. Like right when it started, I don't think it's ever too late or ever too saturated. Um, And I would say just go for it and stop waiting. Um, This, I, this girl I follow, you probably know who she is. Her name's like the skinny confidential Lauren. Always says launch fast and adjust. And I think that's so true. Just like, put it out there before you have to like, overthink it. Because if you sit on things, you will overthink them and just figure it out as you go. Um, I think now is like the best time to, to be on social media and to be doing everything. And it's such a big industry and it's only getting bigger. So I would say you just have to go for it and not think about like, not think about it. Because if you think about it, you'll talk yourself out of it.
0: Totally. What has been the hardest part about putting yourself? out there
1: I would say at first I was terrified I mean I definitely get like switched to I don't care what anyone thinks about me but I was still scared about like what my friends would think and what my family would think and to my surprise everyone has been so supportive my friends are like my number one fans they cheer me on more than anything which is so nice and refreshing um But I would say in regards to just putting yourself out there, the hardest thing for me, again, comes down to comparison and just like seeing girls that started around the same time and they either like grew double the amount as me or they have have awesome content or seeing someone like copy my ideas or me seeing someone else's idea and me being like, why didn't I think about, like, why didn't I think of that? I think there are so many different narratives that come into my mind every day and just kind of like mentally, sometimes it's exhausting to fight them off because I, again, like I'm trying to practice positivity and gratitude and kindness to myself. And sometimes it's exhausting to fight off all the negative thoughts. But I really, really try to just like, my boyfriend always says, like, stay in your own lane. And so I really try to just, like, stay in my own lane, like, not compare, not do anything. But I would say, overall, as the content creator, I do feel like for every content creator that I've talked to, like, that's kind of one of the biggest challenges, which is natural and normal for any entrepreneur in, like, any type of position, whether you're a restaurant owner and, like, competing with other restaurants. Like, you're, there's always going to be competition no matter what. Um, so again, like staying in my own lane is something I'm working on.
0: (laughs) It's so true though. It's, there's a very fine line between going online to find inspiration and then feeling like, oh, I need to change everything that I'm doing to match all these things that I just watched.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think like it's pre having my own social media, I would go on and I would look at girls' outfits and I would look at girls' lifestyles. And I it was super inspiring. And now I look at all things and it's, like, not as inspiring. It's more so, like, stressful to me. And so I'm trying to, like, change that mindset that I have and kind of go back to just, like, being inspired and not, like, threatened by things. Um, but I don't know. My mom used to always tell me when I was younger, like, in regards to – I don't even know when she would like with sports, with school, she would always say like, there's always going to be someone better than you. And there's always going to be people that are worse than you. And like, you're always going to be, you're never going to be the best of the best. And like, that wasn't to put me down, but that was just to like, like more so I think to reframe my mindset of like, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. It just matters like where you are at and how you are doing. So I it's enough. That's like another thing that I just try to repeat myself to myself. And again, like reinforces the idea of staying in your lane.
0: <laughs> totally. I know that you are a big morning routine person. Would you want to share like quickly, which you don't have to go like super in depth because I know you have a ton of videos on your morning routine, but like quickly what it is. But more importantly, I want to know what your process was like in figuring out a routine that worked well for you.
1: Yes. My morning routine didn't really start until COVID hit. Again, I just wanted to have like something that felt good to me. And I was really at the time learning about how important it is to slow down and take time for yourself and prioritize yourself. I was listening to so many podcasts that that would talk about this. One of the podcasts being The Skinny Confidential, where she asked so many people like detail, details, like what is your morning routine? And I think it's like really important to – get inspired by other people's morning routines, try them out, but don't copy exactly because if things don't feel good for you, then you're just going to dread it. And your routine will never like you, you won't enjoy your morning routine. So I would do exactly that. Like she would ask people their morning routines. I would try them out or certain aspects of them out for myself. And if it stuck, it stuck. And if it didn't, it didn't. And yeah, so my morning routine has definitely evolved over time. It's, it's funny because my videos that I post on social media make it seem like the most extensive thing ever, but it's <laughs> really like three steps and takes me like 20 minutes. So I guess like I wake up, brush my teeth, make my bed. I do my skincare routine. I don't do like an extensive skincare routine until after I work out, but I do like a little like gua sha, um, And I just try to stimulate like lymphatic drainage through guasha and dry brushing and then I meditate and meditation, I guess, is one thing going back to what I was just saying that doesn't always feel good to me. So I don't force it when it doesn't. I go through phases like where months where I like don't want to do it at all. And then months where I like can't live without it. So I just try to tune into what's feeling good to me at the time, but I'll either meditate or journal. And I do that for literally like 10 minutes. Like it's nothing crazy. I work out. And I just like go for a walk or I do class pass, which I've been loving, or I work out in my building and just do like a little circuit. And then I come home and I make my matcha and that's honestly it. So, I mean, I do gratitude also like when I'm journaling, but I like to just say like my routine is broken down. It's like skincare, mental health, and physical health. And that's pretty much it, but it's kind of become like my favorite part of my day of just like having time to myself before I have to like dive into work or dive into anything with my personal life. Just like having those moments to just be with myself and also like having a morning. Like I think meditation and journaling really helps me overall because it just like forces me to get out of my head and to just like spend time like outside of my thoughts and just like in a calm calm mindset or yeah mental state
0: okay I have a few like not like rapid fire but just quick questions to end with hit me okay the first one is where do you feel the most at home
1: this is so cheesy but like with my boyfriend that's cute (laughs) just like a safe space, safe space for me
0: oh love it okay what's one thing you want to stop and one thing you want to start
1: um, ooh, stop, I would say comparison again, like something that I'm really trying to work on, and start, I really want to start reading again. it needs to start reading again.
0: Do you like fiction or nonfiction?
1: I like both, yeah, I like both I mean i like I like to listen to audiobooks um of both, I would say, but like a good Colleen Hoover book, like I will hold okay. on to, and so good,
0: yeah, love her. <laughs> When was the last time you pushed yourself past your comfort zone?
1: I feel like my whole last year was, like, really out of my comfort zone. Like, quitting my job, taking on freelance, putting myself out there on social media. Um, but I honestly feel like I, like, try to push myself outside of my comfort zone daily, just, like, with social media and, like, putting myself out there. The biggest one was quitting my job.
0: When you feel down, what do you do to cheer yourself up? Honestly,
1: I give myself 24 hours. I have like a 24 or more so like to the end of the day rule of like, I let myself throw myself a pity party. And then the next day I pick myself up and like, I hate having like a mindset of being a victim, but I will like play the victim for one night and I'll like feel bad for myself. And then I'll pick myself up and just like pull myself out of bed and push myself
0: forward. When you look back at your journey through social media, What have you done that has given you the most satisfaction?
1: I would say put myself out there um, in terms of my health issues because I get so many messages about it that just like help, like being able to talk to other women who are struggling with the same things and give them advice. And then when they come back to me saying that they've either like connected to their doctor about a certain thing or they've implemented something into their life that's really helped them, that's probably like the most rewarding thing for me is just knowing that I'm helping some people.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, where can everybody find you? Where can they follow along?
1: Um, my Instagram and TikTok are both Victoria O Glass. And that's it. Yeah. I actually have a YouTube too, but I think it's the same thing. It's linked to my Instagram.
0: <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much.
1: Yes, thank you. This was so much fun. This is really nice. Thank you for having me on.
0: If you loved this episode, please let me know. Subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share it on your Instagram stories and with your friends, and let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Erica Ashley and at irrepressible the podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and I will see you next week.